0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com. Oh. All right, Baruch Hashem, we are back with the Amidah class. And tonight's class, we would like to thank our sponsor. Um, and it is for the Zuchut and Hatzlacha of Binyamin, Etanel, Ben Yisrael, Shoshana, and Devorah Serach, but Pinchas Vitova that um, they should have Hatzlacha in Ruchniot and Gashmiot, Amen, Va'amen. All right, so um, Baruch Hashem, tonight is an empty night. So I know, I know exactly what Rebbe Akiva felt like. You know, Rebbe Akiva had 24,000 students, and then the plague, and then after that, he only had five students. So I can imagine that first year, you know, like, like when he sat down and just uh, two, 23,955 seats are empty. Shh. And you just have five seats, and it's like, and they're all like moving closer. He's like, "Hey, you can move closer. Nobody else is coming." <laughs> so um, that, 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 that's uh, you know. So Reb Akiva, thank you for teaching us that feeling. Uh, Morach Hashem, everybody's burnt out um, from the uh, from the awesomeness of the chagim. Uh, that um, that everybody needs a little bit of a break. Morach Hashem. Okay, so. Thank you, everybody who did come out here tonight. And um, let's, let's get started. So we're in the second part of the Barakah of Alat Sadiqah. The second part of this Barakah, um, it's not the second part, meaning we didn't read through the words just yet. We, we gave out the words to you guys. But this is the second class of it. The first class was really an understanding of, literally it was story time. The first class of for this Barakah was just telling everybody... Was just make sure that was on. Was just telling everybody that um, we should care for our tzaddikim because this barakah is really the blessing for the righteous. It's the blessing for the tzaddikim. Now, why would we care? Meaning, we live in a very self-serving um, uh, world today where, where everybody is just you know into well, what do I get out of it? Whenever you give shirim, you have to find some siglai. You have to find some kind of uh, uh, um, I don't know victory dance that a person gets to do because he got something out of it. So what do you get out of this barakah? So we didn't get into that yet. We're going to get into that tonight. Exactly what it is that we get by um, praying for the welfare of the tzaddikim. So what is the theme of this barakah? So let's see. We explained um, in the past the theme of this barakah is always going to be found inside the sign off of the barakah. So, the sign off of the Barakah is Barakah Hashem Mishanam Eftachla Tzadikim. The sign off of the Barakah is Hashem is bless you. Hashem was and always will be the support and the assurance of the Tzadikim. When was this blessing said? This blessing was said at one point or another in history. When was this Barakah said? So, we've explained in the past that the angels, the Malachim, would say the blessing that we find, all of these 19 blessings, we find the Amidah, it was said at one point or another in history by the angels, and it was said specifically... When God did something that they never saw within the natural circumstance of the world, when God would do something that would literally be above and beyond the natural process of existence, the angels would then come and point that out and give praise to God. So that means that God did something, historically, that the response was, wow, it's so supernatural, that the angels themselves had to come and say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Mishan Miftach Latzadikim. Now, It was something that God did, obviously, as a support and as an assurance for the Tzadikim. So, what point in history was this? So, um, the the, the, um, Mepharshim tells us that this was actually a very interesting story that most people, I don't know, that they run past inside the Torah. Yosef was thought to be dead. Yaakov Avinu thought he was dead. Yaakov Avinu said, my son Yosef is gone. He was very sad. Then Yaakov Avinu finds out that Yosef is alive. Zerah Bat Asher came and thanked him and said that Yosef is alive and he was just so thrilled and he decided that before he dies he wants to go down to Egypt and he wants to go see his son Yosef one last time and he's on his way and all of a sudden Yaakov now this is a part I uh, you know a certain psukim that people just don't pay attention to but very worthwhile to know this is Perak Memvav in Bereshit and Parashat Va'yigash uh, that all of a sudden. Um, Yaakov got very afraid. He's on his way down to Egypt and he got very afraid. Israel, God said to Yaakov, called him Israel, but Talila at the night he came to Viomer, Yaakov, Yaakov, and God called to Yaakov. And Yaakov said, He nani, said, I'm here. I am your, your God. Um the God of your father. don't worry. Merda Mitzrayim, when you go down to Egypt, Kilegogadolasim Chasham, that's where you're going to be made into a great nation down over there in Egypt. And Anochi Ered Imcha I, God, I'm coming down with you to Egypt. Vanochi Alcha Gamalo, and I'll also bring you out of there. And now here comes a very odd promise: the Yosef and your son Yosef, Yashit Yado Al Enecha, your son Yosef. Will put his hands on your eyes. Okay. <laughs> Very odd statement. You know, Yaakov is all concerned and he's like, oh, okay, shoo. For a second there, I thought Yosef wasn't gonna put his hands on my eyes. What is what's going on? What does it mean that Yosef is gonna put his hands on his eyes? And, and by the way, thrilled, thrilled. He went and, let's go, everybody! Yosef is put his hands on my eyes. And he went running down to Mitzrayim. What kind of a promise is this that Yosef is putting his hands on Yaakov in his eyes? So listen to this incredible piece. What happened over here is, the, uh, the Azora tells us something fascinating. The last thing a person sees before they, well, it's kind of as their neshama, as their soul is leaving them, right when they die. It's like the last thing the eye gets to see. You get to see the Zoharites. You get to see the Shekhinah. You get to see whatever that means. I don't even know what I just said. But you get to see some, some eminent aspect of God. Uh, whatever that is. I don't know, right? The, the Gemara first starts to say, by the way, what, what kills a person? Fascinating Gemara. I don't have time to get into it, but you got to say it. Um, it. It says that the, uh, the angel of death comes and it, is, it comes, appeared as just a bunch of eyeballs. Just thousands of eyes. And it comes right over the person's bed, over, over the bed of the person, like the deathbed. And when the person sees this, the person just opens his mouth, like, opens his mouth, and it says that there is like a drop of poison at the end of the tip of the sword of this angel of death, and that drop falls into the mouth of the person. And and that's how the person goes. Incredible. Now I know. Don't take any of this literally. No, no, no. Don't 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 this is one of those Gamarot we do not take literally. There's uh it's obviously it's a mashal for certain things. What does it mean? He's full of eyes. Why eyes? What's with the poison? What's with the so you know, obviously we have all these different questions like transformers more than meets the eye right it, it, it is a lot more going on inside it but I figured once we're talking about a person right before that you know you gotta say that Gemara but just know that is not uh, the, the deep understanding it's just the plain words of it but it really doesn't do justice to the truth of it but the Zohar tells us that when a person passes away the last thing the person sees is the last thing the person sees is God and so therefore it's brought down the rabbis tell us that if um, if there's a family member if there's anybody by somebody who passes away, so right when the person passes, you're supposed to go and close their eyes, because after the eyes just saw God, the eyes should not see anything else. This is uh, this is what brought down, right? We don't put penny, pennies on the eyes of people, right? And this is for the boatman to get you to the other side, right? We 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 don't do that. Um, what what we do instead is we just we close the eyes. So listen to this incredible thing. Yaakov Avinu hears that Yosef is alive. Now Yaakov was freaking out. Ya- Yaakov was just so afraid. He said, "All right, so my Yosef is alive, and I'm thrilled." But he was living in Egypt for 22 years. And he became the second in command over there. He's a politician now. You know, he's so involved with the politics, and, and we know what happens over there with these type of things. Yaakov was so afraid that he maybe physically is my Yosef, but spiritually. I can only imagine living inside the armpit of spirituality that was Egypt. I can't imagine that my Yosef is my same Yosef. And so God said to him, don't worry. You're going to go down over there and Yosef will be the one to close your eyes. Meaning that Yosef is going to be the one that he's going to believe that the last thing that you saw is God. And he's going to be the one meaning that Yosef has not lost any of his belief inside Hashem. And that Yosef will be the one to close your eyes. When the angels saw this happen, so now let's fast forward. Ya- Yaakov goes down to Egypt and they set up the yeshiva and all the Jews live in Goshen and he does the whole deal and he gives all his blessings and everything. And then Yaakov, Vayikvah, Yaakov passes away. I think more tells us that Yaakov lo met. Yaakov actually didn't die. So tonight I'm just giving you just stuff that, everything I'm saying like over here, don't take this literally. The Gemara says, Yaakov lomet, Yaakov didn't die. So the Gemara asks an obvious question. The Gemara says, excuse me, he didn't die. It says that they embalmed him. You know, they, they, they went and put embalming fluid to keep his body for 40 days um, inside Egypt before they went and, and transferred him up to Israel. The Gemara says, they embalmed him. And the Gemara says, yeah, no, he just, he just laid there and faked it. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> I got that, that, that Gemara says that. So there's a moral on this that talks about what does it mean the Yaakov Lomet. It's not for now. I mean, yeah, maybe physically he died, but uh, Yaakov's power lives inside all of us, the Mufasa concept. So uh, the idea, though, was that when Yaakov, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And if you get it, great. And if not, it's just you're lost. That's right. I just said the words Mufasa concept. He lives inside you. And that's it. And if it just went, it went. You know, I got yelled at recently by somebody. Um, somebody had said to me that the references that you made for 18-year-olds in Israel don't really work um, for people who are older. And I beg to differ. I just think that I can say Mufasa concept to 18-year-olds and to 40-year-olds, and it'll work. That's uh, it's my take. Tori, time, please. Please. Um, uh, you can weigh in on this and you can tell me if, uh, if maybe we should have more. Maybe we'll start doing Shakespearean um, references for the older people. Um, so the, the idea of Yaakov Avinu not dying is something that his spirituality lives inside all of his sons. But he passed away. And when he passed away, when the angels saw Yaakov go and his neshama leave him, and Yosef went and covered his eyes... The angels in heaven said, Baruch atah Hashem, Mishan, umiftach Latzadikim. The angels in heaven said this blessing right when Yaakov passed and Yosef covered his eyes. Why? Meaning, what was it about this? What was so supernatural? Right? We explained that the angels only ever say a blessing about God when God does something that's beyond the natural process of the world. What was supernatural about this that went and made them say it? So, the say it like this, This is the first time in history that we find God promised a tzaddik something and then it got fulfilled. Incredible. This is the first time that we see that God promised, God said to Yaakov, God, God said to him, Yosef will be there to cover your eyes. And when they see the fulfillment of a promise to a tzaddik, apparently that's beyond the natural realm of things. And when that happened, they said, whoa, God made a promise to a tzaddik and now it got fulfilled? Bless are you Hashem, the Mish'anu Miftach, the one who is literally the assurance for the tzaddikim, the one who assures things for a tzaddikim. Now, why, why is this so incredible? So the theme of this barakah is a guarantee to tzaddikim that Hashem is going to take care of them meaning, even if it seems like God is doing things that aren't taking care of the righteous, aren't taking care of the tzaddikim, everything that God does is towards the betterment of the tzaddik, is towards the betterment of His people, and this berachah is the one, the theme of this berachah is, God, we always want to be able to see your promises being fulfilled. We want to be able to see the justice come out, right? You know, my, my kids this past Friday night were starting to ask me deep philosophical questions I, one of my twins, one of the 7 year olds is, uh, the kid's way too smart for me, he started asking me he's just like, how do I know Hashem wrote the Torah I'm like, whoa <laughs> whoa!" I said you're 7, he asked me uh, he's like, Abba, who said Hashem wrote the Torah maybe a person wrote the Torah like what are they teaching you in these yeshivas? I, I say, you know, you're you should still be in that like frame of age where you still believe this stuff. You're only seven, mm-hmm. and, and then he started to ask like, what What's Olam Haba like? Like, really, all these different questions. So I remember in in high school, um, when Rebbeim would try to explain to us um, the reward of Olam Haba. So like, what uh, at least where I came from, well, like, what they would always say is like, it's like imagine if if you had uh, millions of diamonds, just, just millions of diamonds and billions of diamonds and billions of dollars. And, and they, they would just keep on ju- just saying the word millions and billions a lot of, of as many things. And imagine the Grand Canyon and it fills up the whole Grand Canyon and it's even more. And they keep on, and that's not even one this of... And, and now the reason why Rebem are saying that, the reason why they're saying that is because we really, can't, we really don't have a frame of reference. We really don't have what? to compare it to. So within the physical realm of the world, you know, that's what we're going to go and compare it to. So, you know, like a a, a kid goes, he puts on tefillin, so his Rebbe is saying to him, if you knew the mitzvot that you're getting, the mitzvot that you're getting are like diamonds in heaven, and they're saying all that. So I I just want to imagine if one morning, imagine this, imagine if one morning you put on tefillin, Imagine if one morning you put on tefillin, and then when you got done and you want to go put it back into your tefillin bag, all of a sudden, you're like, <laughs> you're like, what? And you look inside, and imagine if there's just thirty huge diamonds that God went and put inside your tefillin bag. Tomorrow morning, that happens. You're just like, ah! <laughs> Your brain has exploded. That is this barakah. This baracha is, God tells us when you do the mitzvot, they are like diamonds, when you do the mitzvot, they're such great reward, but we don't get to see the reality of that reward until we're told, Olam Haba, until the next life, because that's where the currency of mitzvot can really be paid out. But, God, every once in a while, God will go and show us the payout of those diamonds, even in this world. And that is Mishana Miftach LaTzadikim. When Yaakov Avinu got to see his payment in this world a little bit, because Yaakov was told, don't worry, Yosef will cover your eyes. And then Yosef went and did cover his eyes. The angel said, wow, Hashem, you're paying in this world too you're giving sechar, you're giving reward in this world as well and so the Mishanah Miftach the reason why we're praying for the righteous is because we're saying that Hashem we want to be able to see that you do that in this world too because when we see that happen what is the automatic outcome when something happens in a positive way where there's a tzadik that gives a blessing and the blessing comes true, when a tzadik does something, he goes out on a limb you know, for something that is spiritual. And then we all see that spiritual thing actually come to fruition. You say the Babasali stories where he told the person, oh, there is no tumor in your head. You know, the doctors are wrong. And then all of a sudden, the guy goes back and it's not there. You know, any any one of those stories, we see that God's promise is just and that it comes through. That is Mishana and Miftach Latzadikim. And that is really what we're trying to go after inside this Barachah. So, when the tzaddik had something good in this world, we get to see the justice from Hashem, and we see that Hashem does pay. Why, why is this here now? What's, what's with the placement of this blessing? So, we just got done. Hashiva Shoftenu kavarishona The theme of that baracha was, we're ready to live according to your laws. That was the theme of that baracha, if you guys remember. And then we had somewhat of a commercial Baracha uh, that was thrown in later. The baracha of getting rid of the um, evil of the world. Rabban Gamliel put that in. He had Shmuel Hakatan write that baracha. That baracha certainly belongs there, but it wasn't part of the initial run. We explained why it was put over there. But understand that in the original lineup, we initially said to God, "By Shiva shovtenu we are willing to keep your mitzvot. We're willing to live according to your reality." And then Allah Tzadikim comes along and says, and Hashem, because we're willing to live according to reality, we want to be able to see that reality come to fruition in this world. And then what's the Barakah after this? The bracha after this is, and the greatest fruition that can be brought in this world is for Jerusalem to finally be rebuilt, to have the throne of David finally put into place in Jerusalem, so that Avdacha, the next bracha, so that the greatest assurance that you've ever given us, which is Mashiach, can finally come so do you guys see the buildup of it there's a certain flow that if you take them individually you may not feel how important they are but when you like Voltron you put them all together you put all the parts together all of a sudden now it makes sense and I will make the head all of a sudden now it, it, it all makes sense it all connects so now this is the barakah of us trying to say to Hashem please bring the mainstay bring this assurance to the tzaddikim so that we can see that Hashem provides this Justice in this world. But it goes a lot deeper. So that's the basic theme of the Bracha. Now I want to get into the words. Let's give a look. There's a lot of papers out over here. So Allah tzadikim. Um, so for the righteous on the righteous. So there's a lot of different, I'm telling you, like, like if if somebody really spends time in research of this blessing, um, certain times. Certain um, things you'll research in this religion and you'll find that everybody says the same thing or nearly the same thing. And then certain times you'll find everybody just running with their own, um, with their own understanding. This is one of those times that everybody has like their own take and what these next words are. Give a look. We got tzaddikim, we got chasidim, we got she'on, am we got zikneim, we got plaita p'tzofferim, we got gari hat tzaddik. We, we have a lot of different categories um, that we're about to hit. And there are many different explanations into who are these categories, whom they are. And so we'll, we'll touch on a few. Allah Tzadikim. So for the righteous, what I wrote over there is they do the exact law, the letter of the law. and the pious. They go beyond the letter of the law. Okay. Um, who, who are our players over here? So, the tzaddikim are people who literally keep the Torah to the letter of the law. The chasidim are the ones who go beyond the letter of the law. A tzaddik would be somebody who keeps everything in Torah but keeps everything in Torah. That means that, you know, if he lent a poor person money and he knows the poor person doesn't have the money yet to pay back, does that person have the right to bring the ani, to bring the poor person to Beddin to make him pay? Yes, he does. And will he? Yes, he will. Because he lives exactly according to the letter of the law. And that's, that, that's fine, Nobody's not. I mean, that's nice. He lives everything according to the letter of the law. But then you have Hasidim. we I'm not, not talking about Hasidim, with the, so, I mean, it could be we are talking about them if they fall into this category. But the category is it goes beyond the letter of the law. The category is, is that the guy says, look, you know, he's a poor person. I lent him money. It would have been nice to get the money back. But I feel bad. I know the guy doesn't have the money. I'll let him just keep it meaning that the law states that he could go and demand the money back, but he decides to go beyond the letter of the law and decides to be nicer. You know, there are many halachot that you find that it talks, lifnim mishirat din, as they call it, somebody goes beyond the letter of the law. And very beautiful things are said about the people who do this, the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Yud Zayin says, if we're mivater, if we let things go, if we go beyond the letter of the law, God lets things go. And so those are the chassidim, what are the She'eret Amcha Beit Israel? What are the remainder of your nation, of the house of Israel? So that I literally, I just made a literal translation of that. Um, the, uh, because there's really a, a lot of different people. Some say that the She'eret Amcha Beit Israel are the teachers of, of Kalal Yisrael, um, uh, that, that, that they're the remainder of the nation. Why She'eret, she'er, I mean, all these different ideas, but Tonight, I don't know if we're going to have so much time because the end of this baracha really takes a lot out of me. The al ziknehem and on the elders, the zikneim are not just the elders, it's the ones who take responsibility. A lot of people learn that the zikneim means the gabis of shuls, um, the askanim, the people who take care of communal matters. And to me, those people are always my heroes. Um, the ones who will put everything aside, the hatzalah people, uh, you know, the ones who really go out uh, beyond anything that everybody ever asked them to do, that, that they go to help out a lot more. The ones who take care of the shul, the ones who clean up the shul, the ones who make sure that there's always tissues inside. You know, I mean, like, like you know, the real yidin who, who and, and the ones who make sure that there are people who have food in hospitals. Uh, Satmer, whether you agree or disagree with their, um, with their philosophy as far as Israel goes, but Lamaze, a lot of people would be very hungry in, in hospitals if Satmer didn't step up and do the chesed that they do inside hospitals all across, I know, America, that, that literally every, that they. Make sure that there's always food So these are the zikname The ones who really take the responsibility Of Kalal Yisrael Some learned that these are The bali teshuva The playtop. The word pletah in Yiddish means The garatava. <laughs> okay So um, yeah I, I just I didn't make up a word The word pletah means the garatava, And I think that's hilarious I, I think that the guy who came up with that Was just like alright I'm done for the day I don't have to make up any more words today because I just came up with the word geratova. Um, Platat sofram means the geratova, it means the leftover. Um, Beit sofram, the algeriot zedek. So some learned the leftover, some learned that, uh, that that could be teachers, Other learned that it's the ones who sit and learn Torah all day, the ones who are left over in the bet midrash, the people who sit in kolel, or it doesn't have to be kolel. You know, I, I, I remember uh, uh, there was this, um, my brother in law came to Israel, and there was this very well to do Jew who paid for my brother-in-law to come to Israel because there was a question that their community needed to ask to Reb Chaim Kanievsky. And they sent my brother-in-law as the emissary, as the shliach, to go and to ask. And as so when he asked the question, um, after he got done, so this, uh, this uh, very rich to do whatever person um, told my, my brother-in-law that the driver that I sent for you happens to know a handful of like hidden tzaddikim in Israel. That really nobody ever goes to, and you have him for the rest. He basically was going to ask him to take you to those people. Now I was hanging out with him, so he was like, "My brother said," he was like, "All right, you know, I'll bring you to a few." And I thought, whatever, like, what does this guy know? He really these were people like no one. There was one place we pulled up in the middle of Geula, you know, in the middle of like right over there, you know, by measure? but like by Geula we come in, and he said to us, "There's a guy who sits over here." He's been sitting here now, I think, for, they said for like 50 years or something. I'm trying to remember what his hours were. Um, basically, uh, he, would come, he would come home from Shacharit, he would eat breakfast, and he would sleep for about three hours, and then at about, I don't know, 11 in the morning, he would go to the bet Midrash and learn all the way until nets. That's it. That's the whole thing. He would learn until Netzach the next morning, like until like five in the morning, and people will come and bring him food and stuff. Like, but if not, he would. And, and this, he's been doing this for years and years and years. I I don't even remember his name. He, he's just so we. So I was like, come on, like, there's really a person in Yerushalayim. He's like, yeah, nobody. But so i like, I have to meet this guy. We come, we show up, and, and sure enough, there's like one seat, and like there's a Gemara open, but it was open like this, meaning like it was just open to the front cover, but it wasn't. So I come up, and I'm like, what a jip. It was nine o'clock at night. Excuse me, Wait, what is this? And um, the people sitting around said, oh, you're looking for whatever, like some Yiddish name. And we are like, yeah. They said, all right, look. They said, um, a lot of times he learns to the point that he just falls over. And so, like, we decided, the people who sit around decided that we force him to go to sleep every once in a while. So right now, we basically just carried him up to the Ezrat Nashim, to the women's section upstairs. There's a few benches. He's out over there. They said, please don't go wake him up. Just, just, just let the poor guy, you know, just, just have a few minutes sleep. Because the second he wakes up, he comes running downstairs. He yells at us. <laughs> like, why did you do this? And, and then he keeps on. So I didn't get to meet him. But, uh, you know. Are, are, are they making up a story and they all laughed afterwards to say we fooled another tourist? Could be. <laughs> or we fooled another one with our empty Gemara. It could be. But I don't think so. You know, I trusted this guy at least. Point is, is that there are people in Israel who are plate up bits so him. There are people who. The what? Right, right, there you go. So saying, there are people of Mammish perfect example. That that that's a Yomam Valila and Yomam Valayla that they're not looking for fame, they don't want fame, they don't care for it. They say that Rebbe Vajah, before he got voted in to become whatever was that you hey, do Yomam Valila, just sitting and learning and sitting and learning. So they are great people and pl the bits of fame. And so for those Val Garyat and for the righteous converts. These words Garyat Sedek were not initially in the Amidah. This was added in later. Uh, Rabbi Gamliel put this in later on because, um, in his times, the converts unfortunately um, were being chastised a lot. It, 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 there was—it's a very interesting thing. Um, you see it even to this day. When people are being persecuted, a lot of people in the world want to join those who are being prosecuted. A, a very interesting thing, like. Um, I, you find some, like, people in the third world countries that people are trying to go there and like, be a part of them. So, so they bring historically, um, when the Jews, during the second Beit HaMikdash, when you had the Christians and when you had um, the Baitusim Sadokim, a lot of Goyim were seeing that the Jews were being prosecuted, a lot of them wanted to become Gayrim. I, I'm it's a Fascinating thing, but a lot of them want to become Gayrim. He brings up, I believe, it was in this book that I found. A lot of them want to become gerim, and the problem is, is that uh, you know, are you really converting for real? What do you? It's a very odd. So a lot of them were being pushed away. Those that became Gayrim were very questionable. Or oh, what's the reason that they get? So they went and put into the Amidah also to pray for the Gerit Zedek, also to pray for the uh, for the righteous for the righteous gerim, meaning aren't all gerim righteous. And so they put in gerim tzedek because for back then, there were certain gerim that weren't so righteous they were coming in for some odd reasons. And so therefore, they gerim tzedek. For today, I know that uh, I, I have personal friends who are gerim. It is not easy for gerim, a lot of difficulties that they go through. And so we pray for them as well. And then finally, ve'alenu and us, which is pretty cool. Um, no, I, you know, we get to throw ourselves into the mix, meaning... You're going to see how this works. This is such a, a, a you know, this is such a Jewish bracha. <laughs> we have all the tzaddikim. You know, we have all the greatest people that we just listed. And by the way, and us, we kind of slip in our, our lives to go with them. Yehemunah rachamecha Hashem Please arouse your mercy. Hashem Hashem, our God. Now, Listen to this. and give good sachar, l'chol To all of those who trust in your name sincerely, truthfully. V'shimchal kenu imahem, and pour our lot with them, nevosh. And then, forever, will never be embarrassed. Why? Because we're trusting in you. What just happened over here? Something amazing, this is one of my favorite parts of the Amidah. Something amazing just happened now in the Amidah. Pay attention. Something really, really amazing just happened. tov, Now, isn't all reward good? V'ten sachar tov, give good reward? But if it's coming from God, it's always good reward. What is sachar tov? What is good reward? So, there are those who learn that what this is talking about is Olam Haba. We're praying for the tzaddikim to have olam haba. We're praying to them for them to have Sachar Tov, good reward in Olam Haba, because Tov, uh, the Ramchal told us in the beginning of Derech Hashem that uh, God created this world in to, to give good to to those outside Him. That's us, and the only real good in this world is a connection to the infinite, which is a place called Olam Haba. So there are those who learn that Tov over here means we're praying for the Olam Haba of these people. It doesn't make any sense to me, to be honest. Why in the world am I praying for somebody else's Olam Haba? Meaning, olam haba is something that we earn. Meaning, hopefully, these people, the people. Right, Right, right Hashem, please, please, Kanievsky have some olam haba, right? It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very weird kind of thing, and and more than that, you know, it's 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 almost like <coughs> me praying for somebody to to pass the the bar exam. Meaning, of course, you pray for it, but. If you know your stuffs, so then you're going to pass. Meaning, like, 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 if you got prepared for this, if you've earned Olam Haba. Olam Haba is the one place of din. Olam Haba is the one place where did you earn it, did you get it, you know, there's no free pass over here, you got what you got, that's all there is to it, so for us to now we'll go and pray for it, now again, there are very big uh, svarim that say that we are praying for oh, 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 Olam Haba, one of my students once had a beautiful shot. I, I love this shot. one of my students called out and said, Rabbi, maybe the reason why we're praying for them to have Olam Haba is because, you know the very famous thing when you pray for somebody else to have something, you get it first? Right. So maybe we're praying for them to have Olam Haba so that we get it first, which is <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so there you go. Meaning that's the cute what I just said now it was a cute soup shot. Let's now say the real stuff. Yeah, good man. So now, what's really going on over here? So it's very odd to be praying for their olam haba. So I want to go a little bit deeper. That we're talking about the Sahar, the give good reward, we're talking about in this world too. The Derek HaShem in page 101 um, says that um, a very interesting breakdown in how tzaddikim, how the righteous get paid. Uh, basically, they, uh, he writes over there that um, if, let's say, you have a tzaddik who's 90% good and 10% bad. I, I know that's very oversimplification of how people are. I know that, but just, just, just bear with me for a second. Meaning that he's done most of the things good in life, but... Everybody's got some kind of sins that they have under their belt, even tzaddikim. So now God says, you know, the Ramchal expresses, God judges the smallest amount of what you are in this world and gives it to you in this world. Let's now look at a rasha. An evil person. An evil person is, let's say, 90% evil, done really bad stuff. But even an evil person has crossed an old lady over the street. once. You know, like, even an evil person's given charity once or twice, has given people compliments, you know, have done good things. So, An evil person, let's say, has 10% good and 90% bad. God pays humanity with the smaller percentage. So therefore, an evil person, God has to pay his smaller percentage in this world. What is the smaller percentage of the evil person? His 10% good. So therefore, God gives him his 10% good in this world. So the next time you see somebody who's not such a great person, but he has a big, beautiful house, he has many cars, and he's very rich, etc., etc., Unfortunately, what that guy's doing is the guy's eating up his reward of alamhaba in this world. He's getting paid his smaller percentage in this world. The tzaddik, on the other hand, so we explain that tzaddik is ninety percent righteous and he's ten percent bad. And so God says, "I got to pay the smaller percentage." And what that means is is that God is going to pay out his ten percent bad in this world. And that's why the tzaddik, unfortunately, gets sick broken leg, no money, you know, all these different things. You know, the tzaddik has certain pains in this world that people say, how can God be uh, causing this tzaddik to have that? The answer is because what God is doing is God is kind of cleaning up the tzaddik's 10% of bad in this world. So when the tzaddik goes up to Shammayim, he doesn't have to have any time in Gehenam, any time in hell. Instead, he goes right to his set place in Olam Haba. I told you all of this because... If the tzaddik is only getting his 10% in this world, that hurts us. Because then we don't get to see God's assurances. We don't get to see justice in this world. And that throws us off what it is and that we're supposed to be knowing about Hashem. It's amazing when we get to see something good happen to a tzaddik. It's amazing when we get to see a tzaddik say something and it actually happens and comes true because then we see that God is running this world. V'ten sachar tov, give good schar. We're talking about now in this world, and of course in the next world, but specifically this world, l'chol abotchem be'emet, give good to Everybody who trusts in your name, BeEmet, sincerely. Now, this is the most incredible part. we just said the tzaddikim, they need to have good in this world, so that we get to see that this is how Hashem runs things. But now here it comes: mahem, and put our lot with them. My chelik with them, simchal kenui ma'am. Even if I'm a sinner, even if I'm somebody who is not holding, but if I put my chelik with the tzaddikim, I will never be nevosh, I will never be embarrassed. Why? Because when I put my chelik, my portion of life, with the tzandik, It is like kivacha batachnu. It's like I'm putting my portion in you. When I put my portion with the tzaddik, it's like I put my portion in you. So let the tzaddik have good in this world and let me have a chilek with that tzaddik in this world and the next. Because when I put my part with the tzaddik, I'm putting it with you as well, Hashem. Not just as well. It literally is because what is the tzaddik? What is the true righteous you know, in the news when we hear a big rabbi did something wrong. He cheated some money out of somebody. He money laundered. He died, you know, or did, God forbid, certain things that are very unbecoming of somebody in rabbinic nature. We're so hurt. We're so hurt. If a Jewish lawyer did those things, we'd say, oh man, you know, how can a Jewish guy do that? But we wouldn't, we wouldn't be. Say, Why are we so hurt? Because we considered them godly. Because we look up to them when we say, that's not me. They're actually not just talking the talk, but the tzaddik is walking the walk. He's doing it. He's real. He's real. And, and, And if I can connect to that, if I can have a chilek with that, so Hashem will then start to put our life with them. Let me explain how deep this goes. What does it mean putting our chilek with the tzaddikim? What, what does it mean putting our, our, our part into the tzaddik? So God gave us tzaddikim in every generation to be the ones to turn to, to figure out what is it about us. Hashem, what do you want from me? What are we supposed to be doing? What is my reality? That Sadiqim are here to give us clarity inside where it is we're supposed to be going. If somebody thinks he can figure it out on his own, he will not get this chilek with them. And unfortunately, many times, they'll end up in a very, very bad place, a place of despair, only because they should have jumped into that. You know... uh, The reason why I'm here now in Los Angeles is because I put my chalik with my Rebbe. I didn't want to leave Israel. I've told you this many times. But I trusted and I still trust that my Rebbe Riv Berkowitz was the one who who, who told me that, no, you have to leave Israel. I was doing a lot of good in Israel. I was teaching a lot of Torah. I was teaching a lot of class and everything else. And he said to me, Ari, no, uh, Los Angeles, there's so much more you can do. We had a whole conversation about it. You know, I don't know if he really likes me. Tell, I'm telling you the honest truth. I I, I don't know. Kobi does. Kobi doesn't. No idea. Um, you know, a, a lot of people think like you have to have a relationship. you, uh, you know, a rebbe has to be the one who gives you the cannibal on the cheek or something, whatever. I never had rebbeim who liked me growing up. Not. I mean, in high school, a little bit. Baruch Hashem, in high school, I I I actually had rebbeim who, who actually um, liked me. Um, but uh, Baruch Hashem, that was high school. And, uh, yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, I, that, that's just about it. I, I, I'm, I'm not a likable person as a student. I'm not. I, I, I ask questions. I stutter a lot in my questions. Um, I don't have a lot of charm as a student, so people don't want to, like, invest anything in you. I'm just saying, like, I'm that guy. I don't mind. I, you know, you introspect and You know this about yourself. And my Rebbe Riv Berkowitz once said by somebody else's Sudat Predah, some, somebody else was leaving Israel, and Riv Berkowitz said about that guy... He's like, and this guy I actually like. <laughs> he said, and, and literally, there's like 50 students in the room, and everyone's like, one second. And when I even asked my Rebbe for a Sudas prayer, he's like, no, you don't get one. <laughs> like, no, well, I mean, the reason why is because I, I, I opened the yeshiva just a few blocks away. And, and, and he's like, either go to America or, or we're not going to. But the point is, to this day, I have no idea if he likes me, but that's the point. It doesn't make a difference. As long as a Rebbe knows you, As long as he gets you and he knows your heart and he knows your talents and he knows what you're capable of and you believe that he is godly, that's all you need. So then you go and you say to Marebi, what should I be doing with who I am in life? Uh, These these talents that I have and everything else. And because he knows me, you're not supposed to be buddy-buddy with the Rebbe. It, it, it's, it's not the way it has to be. You know, I'm just saying, like, a lot of times over here, like like certain guys who come to Shurim are certain... And so afterwards, like, I start to schmooze them, whatever. And they're just like, you know, I see the way that your students are with you, and you guys are so friendly with each other. Your students from Israel, like, they know each other. So, but, you know, I wish I had that or something. And I'll try to explain to the guy, like, as as long as I can sit down and get to know you for 10 minutes, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm some great rabbi. It's not it, but, but like... You can hit those facts, and and then then you can start to figure out life. Putting our cheluk with a rabbi means finding somebody who is godly, somebody who you believe mamash is godly. And Baruch Hashem, Los Angeles is not lacking in this department. There are so many great rabbis here. There really are. To go and to find and to connect with. And by the way, they're so approachable. There are so many Yidanoi that are so approachable to be able to go to. And when you put your Chelek with them, what the outcome is, is Ula Olam Lo Nevosh. I can't go wrong. because In Shemayim, after 120 years, God will never be allowed to say to me, why would you move to California? Because I'll tell him, what do you mean? You told me to. Hashem, you told me to. Because I had a Rebbe who's kokulo Toro who told me, and I put my chilek with him, and the moment I put it with him, vachabatachnu, I'm trusting in you. That's it. <laughs> That's what it is. Putting our connection with these. And so therefore, we need them to have this assurance. We need them to have good in this world. We need them to have a healthy, happy life in this world. So that the tzaddikim are there for us, available for us to be able to put our chelik with them. And it goes deeper. So Ramchaon Der Hashem talks about, um, he doesn't use this Lashon, but I, I want to use this Lashon to make this clear. We say, Koyeshol Yeishlehem Lolam Haba, right? how come we don't say kohesol ben lolamhaba? haba right have you ever heard a, about a ben o- Olamhaba? haba there's certain people the Gemara and Sanhedrin and talks about this there's certain people who are referred to as a ben Olamhaba. haba what's the difference between chilek in Olamhaba? haba a means a portion and a ben in Olamhaba. haba so a ben in Olamhaba haba is somebody who's like a child in Olamhaba. haba I mean literally like a son of God somebody who literally has a, a place in Olama. he has his place Everybody has a caliph, everybody has a portion. But that means everybody has an apartment, you know, everybody has some place over there. But there are certain people who are ben, certain people who have like the entire providence. certain people who have like the entire city, certain certain people who are like literally that close in that inner ring and, and that close to Hashem. The Ramchal writes that the tzaddikim are the ones who have this. This nomenclature of Ben, have this concept of being that close. And he says if you belonged to his community in this world, then you may belong to his community in the next world. Meaning, even if you yourself may not deserve so much Olam Haba, but if you are connected to the community of that rabbi, and you have decided to be a chilek with what he has, so then you are, that chilek that you have is within his bed, is within that connection up in Shammayim. And you get to jump levels that honestly, as a small person, as Ari Ben Shushan is, I would never have been able to earn those levels. But because there are Literally societies that I like to claim to connect to. You know, it used to be that the world was a very, very big place. It used to be. So if you lived in Europe in the 1930s, the 1920s, and the 1900s, you belonged to your shtetl. And that was it. And if you lived in Morocco, if you lived in Syria, you belonged to your little town, out wherever you were inside your little place over there. And in Iran, in you know. Nowadays, Rav Berkowitz told us, nowadays the world is so much smaller. You can belong to any community you want, no matter where you live. Isn't that cool? I'm still Israeli. I, I, I still like to think that I am connected to the Rushalmi Yidin inside Israel. I, I, I try to live life like that, I try to be as plain as that, I try to have my kids with that, you know, the white shirt, black pants thing. I, I belong to the yeshiva society. So even if I moved to the forest flung place, even if I moved to Hawaii, I wouldn't be walking around in a Hawaiian shirt. I still would be dressing like this because no matter where I am, that's my chilek. I'm a student of my Renbi, and this is where I am, and this is what I connect to no matter where so I wear a hat on Shabbat. And you know, the reason why I don't wear a hat on the weekday, some people have asked me when I showed up here. You know, a lot of rabbis wear a hat on the weekday. So I asked my Rebbe of Berkos, and he said to me that you're going to scare away people. You're very, you, know, you look very scary in a hat. The second you show up in a hat, you, 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 you look scary. So, so if, if you at least, you know, you come more, a little bit more relaxed. He said on Shabbat, for Shabbat, you can wear a hat, but for the weekday, you should, uh, you should walk around a little bit more relaxed so you can be a little bit more approachable. But, I, I, but that's the society. When we say, which society do you belong to? It's about time you chose a side. It's about time you chose a society because in Shemayim, they've already decided <laughs> in Shemayim, they already said i right, look you know you're earning some kind of olam haba but if only you would belong to a certain society a certain something something bigger choose your rabbi very carefully choose the one that you want to point to and say that he is in my mind the thing next to god very very carefully to me i know that my and the one that the ones that i feel connected to i think are just godly and heavenlike if you don't have a rabbi that you believe really that, start to search it out. Um, go to Israel and find somebody. Or, honestly, the Svarim bring that you can make a rabbi out of somebody that you listen to all his shiurim. You can go online. Can imagine, imagine making Rabbi Waxman, Rabbi Fraim, Waxman your rebbe. You can go online. You can listen to every single one of shiurim. You know, when I was sick in the hospital, years ago I had uh, been sick, so I couldn't learn Gemara, I couldn't think anymore. And somebody had gotten me a lot of tapes from Rabbi Waxman. He changed my life. Uh, uh, The tapes he had on anger and a few other things, uh, uh, you know, really, really did just, just a world for me. I consider him my Rebbe in a lot of things. And, you know, it's amazing how Hashem would have it that I would end up my wife's family, Lives in Rebbe Axman's community, so, so I, I actually got to know him. You know, I, I, I you know, it actually came to fruition that, that I, I can actually talk to him. And he, I don't know if he knows my name or not, and again, does he like me or not? It, it doesn't make a difference. That's what I'm trying to like. Everyone, they know the reason I keep on saying this is because it doesn't make a difference. Too bad, in Rebbe Waxman. Meaning, I'm going to go up and talk to him and ask him stuff and make him my Rebbe, whether he likes it or not. I'm going to go make for my, my Rebbe, no matter he likes it or not. So there are different ways that people can go and mamash have this connection, and when you do that, when you have that connection, just know you made the right decisions when you go up to that Rebbe and say to him because in life we always have these questions right or wrong in certain things and you go up to Rebbe and you say, Hinaini, Rebbe what should I do? and the Rebbe will sit down, he'll work it out with you and if this Rebbe is really what we consider Sadiqim Chasidim it's God himself telling you what to do this is what God gave us a gift called Sadiqim. so and so therefore, I won't be embarrassed. What does embarrassed mean? The Ramchal writes that, um, you know, we're finishing now, the Ramchal writes that Gehenam is literally hell, is just a place of knowing the level that you could have been, but you didn't get there. That, 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 that's what he brings in 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 Lai uh, um, and other places, that it's this burning feeling of I could have been that much closer and I didn't. It's, it's a burn of embarrassment of, I could have been something bigger, but I'm not. Ule Olam lo nevosh. Ule Olam forever. Forever is talking about this world and the next and forever you won't be embarrassed not in this world because you're following what it is that the rabbi told you and not in the next world because you can say to Hashem that I was botach in you because Hashem I trusted in you and it's on your terrific chesed that's what supported me you know, we say that Tzadik Gozer, Vashem Mikayam, that God's great chesed is, is that once the Tzadik, once the words come out of his mouth and he says, you should go and do this and not that, in Shamayim, even if they went, uh, even if they were thinking to go a different way, but the tzaddik, it goes there, that's it, that's the Chaz de that Hashem gave a terrific chesed to us called Tzadikim, that they can go and they can literally plan out and make a reality where there wasn't one so that we have a beautiful path literally just blazed for us by the Rabbi that we went to and we have this connection it's an incredible thing. Maruchata, Hashem, Bless you Hashem. So again, the theme of this baracha is is that the same way that Yaakov Avinu had Yosef cover his eyes when he passed and the angel said, wow, Hashem's assurance came to a reality. So too this barakah is a theme that Hashem, all the assurances that you make for tzaddikim and now we realize full circle the assurance that God's making for a tzaddik is an assurance that God's making for you. So when I'm diving for my Rebbe Riv Berkowitz in this barakah, I'm really davening for myself. I'm saying he should have great star, he should have a great life, he should have health, he should have all these different things. And I'm putting my chilek with him and therefore everything that is him, now I get to connect to that. Now I get to go up in levels with that and I'll never be embarrassed because I'm following down that mahalach as well and remember how this flows inside the holamidah that the barachot before this we're talking about living in God's law and now this barachot tells us by living in God's law the amount of assurances that we get that life will be good in this world and the next the next barachot which is going to be Yerushalayim Ircha which is going to be the barachot of telling us God your greatest assurance which is to bring the chisei david avdacha to build it to bring Jerusalem back to its glory to finally have etzemach david avdacha to finally have the greatest answer which is Mashiach so each of these flows so now we're kind of knocking on God's assurance place and we're saying to him, you assured us certain things, you assured us that Sadiqim will be taken care of, when we see that Sadiqim will know how to act, will know how to become, will know how to earn will know because they're the ones telling us because we're connecting to them, and then we'll know the next level of seeing the greatest assurance which is Mashiach, Merev, Menu. Amen have a great night okay so,, um, wow, uh, this is depressing? I got You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by Torahanytime.com.